1: to be the best. There are no off days. Time
0: for the Nod Pod. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast alongside Chris Cato, BK in the booth. I'm Scott Smith. And for those watching, yes, there is a pungent smell coming off of Mr. Cato. The third straight week now you've worn your your lucky, lucky charm shirt. They're undefeated. I got to keep wearing it. Yeah, well, earthy would be another smell to...
2: Did, did I just give away uh, a spoiler there on our, oh, yeah, yeah. On our bracket? Well, it Uh-oh. is a
0: little bit of foreshadowing because we get to reveal uh, our, our frosted four today in our cereal bracket, the most important bracket. Uh, so at that point, we will urge you to do your civic duty, and that is to vote. And you've been faithful to this point, but don't give up because we're only halfway there.
2: It continues to be the most popular, most divisive thing we've ever done in the long history of this podcast. Yeah, a lot of it's fueled
0: with regret of teams that probably should have made the tournament. Right. And, you know, th- it's all a learning process, Chris. Yes. And any big thing that you choose to take on in life, if you don't learn from your mistakes moving forward, then what, you're poised to, to do it again. So uh, we probably <laughs> will do it again. We'll probably make a lot of mistakes <laughs> moving forward. But anyway, we'll have some fun along the way. So yeah, at the end of the show we will reveal those results and get those to you but you know the the one that uh, from a national perspective the bracket that people are talking about regrettably instead of our cereal bracket is is the ncaa tournament that bracket. one yes uh-huh. and uh you know so as we tape it uh we're still waiting for the sweet 16 to get here it is the tuesday before the sweet 16 and then the elite eight to follow so uh you know this may be dated by the time that this airs but um I do have a little bit of regret because the, the one bracket I'm a part of this year is the Cato family bracket. It's the bracket to be in. And, you know, he invited me. I, I took the invite. And uh, I didn't think that when I was filling out my bracket that, you know what, everybody I'm competing against is from the state of Alabama. <laughs> so my my And my final winner is Alabama. Why do you so read? I'm like, I need a road forward. I need to find a path. And now – it's like uh, you know, I'm I'm driving and I'm blocked. I'm blocked in front. I can't. How can I get around? I'm currently in second place. There's a way. There, there looked, are there are yeah. a
2: couple. Of, you've, you, you know, no, because I'm, I'm trying to find a way too. There's a, there's a way you and I could both get there. Where are you?
0: Where are you? I, I'm
2: in sitting. fourth, and now my okay. path is kind of clear because I have Houston as my champion. Yeah, playing so Bama. Yeah. So I could kind of weave around you there, but I think you have. UConn in your Final Four, which is uh, no, a, I no, I don't.
0: I have uh, Gonzaga in my Final. That's four. That's right.
2: So that that's a big one. I need them. They they kind of you and I my heart are. I bit. have Absolutely. UCLA. They're they're playing in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, so that's going to decide which one of us is sitting on the sidelines yeah, of this thing. I, I mean,
0: I'm going to need the Zags. They got UCLA, and then uh, I'm going to need UConn to beat Arkansas. I need Tennessee over FAU. Mm-hmm. Um, I need Houston um, to continue to win over over Texas, and then. Uh, or Miami first? I think you've got <laughs> a pass. So yeah, there may be. You know, at the end of the day, we'll see. I know that they start weighing it more. But last week we revealed the final four teams, and I think you have
2: you you needed to clear the air a little bit, right? Well, did you, you know, lie to our uh, li- our listeners? You know, oh, you know what I do? I'm I'm sneaky. So so <laughs> when we taped this, I had a I had a feeling about Alabama, and obviously, really? yeah, I'm a homer too. So yeah. but what I wanted to, I didn't want to jinx my team by picking Alabama. So I picked Arizona on this podcast then I went back of course 24 hours to think about it before I submit my official entry in the Cato pool and I think you know what that's dumb if I think Alabama's the better team I'm picking Alabama so I had a switcheroo there so sorry your family
0: would disown you too right I mean there would probably be some of that
2: and it looked I mean I'm glad I did after Arizona loses in the first round was it right yeah yeah. Princeton. The yeah. two seed losing to
0: Princeton. Princeton's still alive, too. Still I kind of want to see that run continue. Yeah. I, actually, I think – I'm not sure who they have in the next round, but I, I, I want them to
2: – Well, it's not fairly Dickinson, unfortunately. It's um. Let's go here. We have a bracket. We can look at this. They have – No, they beat uh, Missouri, so they have Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good matchup. And then that will
0: obviously make it a, a pretty easy road forward for Alabama. I right, think, to get yeah. To the Final Four.
2: Considering Virginia got eliminated – Arizona got eliminated. Now, yeah. Arizona, San Diego State, who they're playing in the Sweet 16, yep. they do play the kind of defense that you need to play to have a chance to beat Bama. They slow it down. They've got the number two defensive efficiency in the country. So that could be a tricky one for Bama. We'll see. Um Let's bring BK in because
0: uh, I want to know where you currently sit. I know you had uh, you had some unsuspecting teams in your Final Four, right? All Are all four of your teams still alive?
3: But
1: you're just going to let Cato slide with that, hey, my <laughs> first round Final uh, Four team got, got eliminated in the first round and then he had a change of heart. We're good with that? No, well,
2: I, I, I but you didn't change, I it, I didn't after. change it after. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Brian, yeah. I didn't change it after. Now, Brian, Brian, I didn't change it after the tournament started. Hey, I, I, I do think that, that there is, yeah. Well, I have a
0: lot of integrity issues when it comes to
2: Chris. Uh. Okay, listen, well, wait, you haven't even paid your twenty dollar entry fee. No, yet, I. So, oh, no, I you, certainly. I zelled just, you no, the day you, I signed you sent up. it to my ex-wife. You're just, you're disqualified now, and that's true. You did do that. So actually, your bracket, yeah. You well, her no, name's on the account. You have you no have path forward, sir. You're um, anyway. God, he did, guy. Brian. Now, I do think he that if you do,
0: if you do a bracket. You should do the same bracket in everything that you compete in. I don't, get, I don't think you, you should be able to spread it out and just try to win it. I think you the courage of your conviction,
2: right? I'm sorry. I didn't realize what we were saying on this podcast would echo through the halls of eternity. <laughs> well, and, and, and we didn't do a bracket. We just said, here's who we think you're in the final four. And yeah. then I, I thought about it and I had a change of heart. All right. So, BK, uh, uh,
0: how's your final
1: four looking? My my final four is not too bad, actually. OK, it's still got I got Bama. Bama. I got Kansas State. Oh, yeah, they I do got look good. Uh, Xavier and UCLA. See, now that's – yeah. that's Uh, And those are some bold picks. (laughs) Xavier,
2: yeah, kind of off the beaten path. Kansas State, who our boy uh, Casey Jacobson really liked. That point guard of theirs, wow. He was right about that. Well,
0: and he gave us two good picks. They ended up in the – against, you know, each other in the same area. Right. right? So it was Marquette. Marquette was the one that I, I, I rode. Yeah. And it, I should have listened to the other one that he suggested. Anyway, so, well, congrats to you, BK. you oh, well, still just, alive. We're fun. not competing against you in the Cato BK family. BK
2: didn't get into the Cato family pool, though. No, so. I missed out, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: Which is amazing because you guys are probably cookie. related. Cookie <laughs> got my money. <laughs>
2: probably. <laughs> yeah, c- Cookie, that would be money well spent. <laughs> All right, BK, what do we have on the big show today?
1: Hey, we got Anthony Beck, former Buccaneer, former NFL great. He will be joining us. He's now currently head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks.
0: That's a great story. The, the Battlehawks. I mean, I don't know how much XFL you've been able to catch, but, like, them in, in St. Louis, it's like
2: Battlehawk fever. It is. Yeah, the I've,
0: attendance numbers are off the charts.
2: I've watched more than one game, which is a lot more than a lot of people have watched. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, so I've enjoyed
0: it. And this is his, you know, maiden voyage into head coaching. He He was an assistant coach for— for the alliance football league a couple of years ago uh, right. he was a tight ends coach for san diego and now a- as a head coach man he's caught a little lightning in a bottle so that'll be fun to catch up with anthony and uh, at the end of the show
1: into the show we're gonna uh, reveal the final four for the cereal bowl the, fr-
0: the cereal uh, our is called the frosted, frosted, frosted four yes again trademark we got, we're slipping all no. over ourselves here we got to make sure we stay uh, we're, we're, up
1: to date on all the legal compliant. <laughs> Yes. compliance. And then we'll break out the randomizer. It's okay. been a month or so since we've done that. Oh, okay. Good. We love, we, our old friend. we got
0: to get that button in here. Yeah, we'll bring the button in. <laughs> I think it needs new batteries, so, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good, BK. Great well, uh, we'll catch up with you in a little bit. If you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com notpod If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap the QR code. It's in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen right now, and it will take you to all our shows. It's it's kind of like a stroll through an old family photo album. You got cute baby pics, some memorable vacations that you'd like to relive again, but certainly plenty of awkward haircuts, uncomfortable chubbiness, and. and uh and the thought of, why did we ever let young Christopher out of the house to wear that T-shirt on photo day? Uh, a lot of those, but we invite you to like and subscribe. His lucky charm
2: shirt, I guess. <laughs> He just
0: It was his favorite shirt. He wanted to wear it every day. It's so milk-stained, <laughs> so putrid, yet he wears it. He's got it. milk stains in the pits. Not good. Uh, all right. Speaking of pits, uh, I think Bucks fans thought, hey, man, we don't have a quarterback. Tom Brady leaves. We're in the pits now. And uh, they signed Baker Mayfield, and we've talked about this signing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's a guy that now is on his what? F- he's to his fifth offensive coordinator. So he's the b- fourth team right. in six years now, uh, fifth offense coordinator in five years. Uh, I mean, that's crazy, you know? It is. And I think for any quarterback, any really any position, to have a, a different position coach, a different philosophy, a different terminology, playbook that you have to learn. That's a that's a tall task. And so there's a lot of Baker haters out there. I don't fully get it. I don't really understand. I understand, like, when you come in as the number one pick, you have kind of this bravado, this confidence, this cockiness, that some might call it, that he exudes, that if you don't perform up to standard, man, we, we just love to see you fall. And yeah. uh, so some people have taken the opportunity to do that. But I think in Tampa, I think this fit um, – I think it will be a fit. I mean, he has a new offense coordinator, Dave Canales, that's going to really emphasize the run game. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of him. Yes. The only question mark to me, really, I mean, other than, hey, will he get back to maybe his, you know, 2020 form uh, or 2018 when he was a candidate for Rookie of the Year with the Browns, is uh, whether or not they can put a line in front of him. And right now there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Right. So, but I think he has a lot of talent. He's shown some efficiency and shown some big player prowess, big play prowess in his past. If he can keep those picks down, not feel the the need to push it to big play That's receivers, it. you know, then I think he can thrive in this system. Man, I'm kind of excited for it.
2: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. With he's got to be. It's easy to forget that he had some pretty good seasons in Cleveland, and I don't think you can hold it against him. Kind of the mess that was the Browns when they're going through offensive coordinators didn't have much of an offensive line there either but in tampa bay he will have we don't know if he'll have a line but he will have some big play receivers and what he has to do is just try not to do too much that's when he got himself in trouble during the last couple years in cleveland trying to make something out of nothing that wasn't there didn't take the check down and next thing you know he's given the other team the ball so if if he can do that you know, keep the mistakes down. He's going to be okay. I think
0: one of the things I like about it is that he, you know, in the press conference uh, the other day over at One Buck, he said, you know, sometimes, you know, that he was asked in about f- seven different ways about his confidence and it, whether it was shaken and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, the reality is is that sometimes, you know, what he has to do is to trick himself into believing that everybody is against you, that, that yeah. no one is your 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 supporter, and that motivates him. I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys that that crushes. Like if they feel like everybody's against me, like that, it just it kind of eats at them. It, 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 you could see it in their play. And for a guy that kind of lives off of that, man, that that could work. You yeah. know, this is a prove it year for him. It's a one-year contract. It's four million base. He could double it with incentives for playing time and whatever he accomplishes statistically. And uh, I think that's the kind of carrot you need to dangle for a player like this, trying to earn a longer-term contract. And, and the, the Bucks, look, we don't know what next year is. Yep. We don't know who Kyle Trask is in this competition at quarterback. And so he has an opportunity to go earn a long-term contract, and so I expect to see the best version of him. And to get a little runway with Dave Canales as the OC and to learn the system, we saw what he did with a very short runway in L.A., and, and he provided some interesting yep. moments there compl- just playing in – uh, I think he he started four games, played in five, and you know they it, they, they were interesting with him at right. quarterback. They didn't win a lot of games, but can't put that all on him, right? So, uh, the Baker Mayfield era has begun with the Buccaneers. Now there's another quarterback trying to get a job, and uh, yeah. he's a year removed. But Cam Newton is throwing today, actually, at Auburn's pro day, and he put out an interesting little splash reel, a little minute-long uh, video that certainly circulated on social media. Where he basically called out, "There ain't, you know, 32 other bleeps, right. you know, that, are, that are better yeah. than me," and that he, he called all these other quarterbacks that are getting jobs, you know, these randoms, randoms. that are getting jobs, and that uh, he's going to show everybody, and he can't wait to show people. And I can't wait to see it. But I... The problem is you're in a setting that it's like, uh, okay, it's a it's a pro day. It's it's conducive for you as a quarterback to make the throws. You know, I, I do I do want to see what his arm looks like because that was part of the issue. He he's coming back from shoulder surgery. He missed all of last year, and his production has certainly dipped as he's you know bounced around. When they he, they dumped him in Carolina, he went to New England. Uh, didn't didn't really produce. On a little, ended up losing his job to Mac Jones and. You know, that had something to do with his play. It also had a lot to do with the, the fact that they b- believe in Mac Jones there. Went back to Carolina and didn't produce there and then sat out of here. So do you think that Cam Newton can revitalize his career? He, he's 33 now. He'll be 34 here in May.
2: Uh, that, that a team will take a flyer on him? Do I think he, as he put it, is one of – the 32 best quarterbacks in the league? No, do I think he's going to be a starting quarterback on a roster this season? No, but I do think there is a place on a roster for him. Yeah, I mean, it's a system fit, right? So, you know, Taysom Hill, think of a quarterback like that that has a certain skill set that you can bring in where you keep the defense off balance I don't know that's obviously not what he wants he wants a starting job but I think there could be a place in an offense for him but do I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL I don't know man I mean I bet one of those randoms as he put it all these randoms keep getting jobs I bet one of the randoms he's thinking of is Mac Jones and you lost your job to Mac Jones in part because he and Cam's admitted this he wasn't reading defense as well he was he was overthinking it a little too much. And and Mac Jones, the Patriots saw in him consistency, accuracy, things Cam wasn't giving them at the time. So you know, I, I don't think he's a, a starting QB, but I do think there's a place on an NFL roster for him.
0: Yeah, I think that maybe some of the randoms he might be referring to is even a Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, yeah. guys that are given opportunities to come in and kind of in that veteran role that are still competing for it. Like not handed a starting job, but then, you know, you have another guy like Andy Dalton, too, that it's, you know, kind of right up there in the same age range as Cam Newton that's getting opportunities but I, I think this goes back to: Is he a guy though that, that, if he does not win the starting job, that he's going to be a, a great team. Good for the locker he, room. He's going to be yeah. good for the quarterback room. You know, that's that's the question. Or does, or is the bravado that we saw in that clip? say i'm i'm one of the 32 best is that, how pervasive is that once you get into the locker room and you have not earned the starting quarterback job yeah that i mean that could kind of i i don't know that he's a I, I wouldn't say that he's a cancer i don't know that but like it's but i think you, you could, can poison yeah. the well if you're not like a good soldier you know right. like if you're not like but i don't know i'm, I'm curious to see it because I, he does have athleticism i mean he looks like he's in tip-top shape um you know, he, I don't know that he'll be able to run the ball as effectively as he as he has in years past, but uh, we're going to see. It's uh, about 12 years after his initial pro day with Auburn, and uh, and he's going back to college, man. He's he's back on campus. All right. Uh, in the in the racing world, we had a story that uh, that caught a lot of headlines, and this was an Xfinity race this last weekend. A driver named Josh Williams, who happens to be out of Port Charlotte, so oh, okay. somewhat of a Didn't local guy. Yeah, nice. uh, in, in Atlanta. Uh, there was a collision, lap 27, and he suffered some damage in his front right, right fender. Uh, and so they, they went to use some Bondo tape to, to wrap it up and to finish it. It was chilly, so that Bondo tape didn't hold quite as well. And I guess in, a NASCAR rule, and VK can always check me because he is our in, in-house in rules aficionado. So, you know, when you when debris comes off your
2: vehicle. When your car is falling it, apart, yeah, you have if to stop if, competing.
0: If you're littering the track, uh, you know, they bring out a caution, and then you got to park your car. You're done. And so, what he decided to do was, you know, in a kind of a form of protest, is that he parked that sucker right on the start-finish line, walked out, took his helmet off. That mullet was flowing, man, and he just, like, gave a peace sign, waved to the, the crowds going crazy. They're cheering for him, and he walks off into the infield care center, and off he goes.
2: I've never seen anything like it. He just parked his car on the track at the start-finish. This would be a, a jockey who decides to dismount his horse in the straightaway and just leave and the, his horse standing there. The
1: horse just goes off. And
2: I thought one of his best lines afterward, they were asking him about, you know, well, you're going to get penalized over this. He said, I don't care. What are they going to do? Fine me? I can't afford to pay it. Well, he's <laughs> part of a
0: small team, you know. And uh, I, look, that's part of of what is in the DNA of race car drivers. They're, they're competitive. They're fiery. And so I think that this appeals to a lot of race fans that
2: maybe didn't know who Josh Williams was before this. Well, um, I think he lost his – any chance he had to get a sponsorship opportunity with what was it beaver bond was the was the tape (laughs) that he put on there that he blamed on you know it it fell apart so i think he's lost his
0: that and that makes sense but uh, you know i think that you know this is one of those things where you know from a, a fan standpoint he he may connect with the fans and really rub the, the league and other drivers the wrong way by doing what he did that's not a good precedent I don't know from a safety standpoint how much of a safety issue that was I mean they were under caution but um, you know it's kind of like throwing up the double birds a little bit and <laughs> well, saying this is I'm, I'm done I mean a lot of us have probably had jobs in the past where we're like man I like dream about a way that I can do a walk off
2: this is <laughs> me walking out during a newscast like just fed up with it All I right. know you've had those you dreams know, they've, haven't you? they've told me no I need my job too no. badly to do that but no this is not would be, here this would be like walking out while i'm reading the stock market report because the arrow is pointing the wrong way uh yeah you know we had tony stewart on a couple weeks ago and you talked to him about this he said it would be good for nascar to have kind of a villain not a villain necessarily but someone to yeah you know an antagonist I, I count- and, and, and this could be this could be that. It. it could be Josh Williams. In
0: the era where the mullet has been uh, revitalized and brought to new popularity, much again, to your
2: delight. Yes, you, you're a big the, mullet but guy. But
0: the I yes, I love mullets. But the idea, don't just wear the mullet. Be the mullet. Yeah, you know oh what I mean? Yeah. And he and this is a, a mullet move. This yep. is, he's a renegade. He's a rebel. And that's that's what the mullet symbolizes. It's yeah. It's the El Camino of hairstyles. Yeah. And you need to rock it. You need to rub people the wrong way. You need to. Be willing to be the bad boy. Yeah. Uh, Beat Mitch you know, Williams. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. The wild thing. We'll see if it comes back to haunt him. You know, I hope that it builds his fan base. And um, and then it's a personality that, that fans can get behind.
2: Is his car still on the track? Did it anyone retrieve be. it? Okay. I think,
0: yeah, it might still be parked there. But, uh, you know, representing Port Charlotte well. Hey, what do you say we talk a little bit of XFL football, Chris? The Battle Hawks? Let's do it. Let's, bring, it, let's bring in our buddy. Well, our guest today played a dozen years in the NFL, three of those with the Bucks, and an ESPN analyst for what, a decade, and then now the head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks. We welcome to the program Anthony Becht. Welcome in, Anthony. Great to see you. How are things going in St. Louis?
3: Yeah. Everything's great. Uh, it's been going well. Uh, we're three and two. Uh, we're coming off a tough loss, but uh, we're a really good spot, second place in our division. And uh, halfway through the season, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been a blank with training camp and the season going, but uh, it's been a great experience. I love it. It's, it's definitely something that I've embraced and uh, really enjoyed, really enjoy giving back the knowledge to these players. And uh, it's been a great experience so far.
0: Well, and you mentioned the start that you guys got off to and the season's halfway there. You're in a good spot still, uh, despite the loss over the weekend. But, man, the story with your team is is the attendance at at these games. And it's it's not just an XFL thing. This is specifically what you guys have built there in St. Louis when you see the fan attendance at, approaching 40,000 at home games. What's going on there right
3: now? Scott, it's an unbelievable experience uh, for myself and the players. Um To walk out of that tunnel into the dome and it's electric i mean it's loud uh it's it's a place that's you know tough for defenses to get organized when we're playing against them um and tougher for offenses to really operate with the noise level so um listen i i wanted to be a part of this team because i knew how how great the fan base was how desperate they were that want they wanted a football team and uh, it, it's been really, it's been awesome. Uh, they show out. We got to walk into the dome before the game. They're all out there lined up cheering for us. Uh, it brings a smile to our players' faces, but it also it prepares them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other places and leagues that you know you don't have attendance, and you know, quite frankly, that's part of the development process for these guys that want to reach their goals in the NFL. So I'm glad we have it. It's it's great for the situation part of football. And uh, they've really showed out, and they've been awesome.
0: Well, and you were a member of the St. Louis Rams back in 2008, so you get, you got a taste of of St. Louis as a football city. How quickly did you realize that the hunger was there when you relaunched as a head coach?
3: Well, I watched some of the 2020 videos of XFL 2.0, and they were rocking, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know they they were about to open up the upper deck in their in their I believe it was the third home game before the league got canceled. Uh, But, you know, they started opening the upper deck for our first home game. We were actually on the road for the first three, which was, you know, tough for me to take as a first-time head coach, but we survived. But that kind of amped up our crowd even more. They got the upper deck open, and, you know, they continue to add seats. And I think, you know, the the more we can put a good product on the field for them, uh, the more the fans will show up. But, uh, heck, you know, we had 30, I think 38-plus that broke the spring record all-time, and then week two, we had thirty-five, but we're up against the same day, a sold out twenty thousand plus soccer stadium. Okay. And then also a Toby Keith event yeah. all in the evening at the same time. And we are still able to get thirty-six thousand fans in the stadium. That's so incredible. it's really unbelievable. I mean, they show up and they go to all the events, but they love football. And uh, you know, they they are definitely there and they're desperate for a team, and and that's why we brought it back to St. Louis.
0: You know, for so many years we we talked about the the fit for a spring league, and and we've seen you know over the last few years teams have tinkered with it, and, and so much of that focus has been on hey, is this going to be a developmental league potentially for players individually to jump to the NFL? Does it feel like the city is almost on an audition for another NFL team?
3: You know, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think right now they just love sports in general yeah. you know you talk about baseball and 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 the, and the and the really the heritage there and and you look at the hockey team and when they had the rams and when they were rocking they were there now when i played in 08, we weren't very good there was a lot of spotty areas in the first you know that first level there was a lot more fans at our game uh, to start than that year but you know that was a transition things were changing for the rams they ended up moving and a couple of years after that and um, you know, I just—they're—they're they're just passionate about having anything football-related. Uh, I haven't heard much about them saying, "Hey, we want NFL back." They just want football back, and they're—they love the fact that it's—it's it's anything. And the XFL has obviously catered to their needs. I'm just glad to be a part of it. Our our players are glad to, uh, glad to be a part of it. And uh, it, it's been a unique experience.
0: Well, and you have ex you have NFL talent too on the field. I mean, your quarterback is AJ McCarron, played in the league for eight years. Uh, Brian Hill, your running back, played uh, I think five years. So how does the how does the quality at the player at the positions how does that stack up?
3: I'll tell you now, we, we got some incredible skill position players. We got you know NFL wide receivers, young guys, not guys that have played long, guys that are trying to get back. Yeah. Um, you know, we we run a an NFL system. Uh, schedule is very NFL-like. I mean, I want these guys to get that feel and taste to understand that, you know, we're going to try to max them out. You know, they have holes uh, in their game and it's my job and put the, putting together a great staff, which I put my staff up against any coaching staff in any league uh, to help these guys fill those holes and max them out and then showcase them when, come, uh, when the game time comes to play. So, Uh, We're doing that every week. We really do like our players. We have some really talented players on both sides of the football. I would anticipate several of my guys going to the NFL, at least training camp for sure. Uh, And this league obviously has several other ones scattered throughout other teams, but we really like what we have. And, um, you know, as far as what we do day to day, and then also the way we play and the and the style, both offense and defense, caters to a lot that's going on in a lot of NFL cities, a lot of NFL teams right now. And that's what we want our players. We want them to have that experience so that if they do perform, they get that shot.
0: So with the USFL's arrival, and then you of course in 2019 had an opportunity in the uh, Alliance of American Football League with the San Diego Fleet. And, and you saw what it was like firsthand on the ground, like getting a startup going in the spring. What's different about the XFL in this 3.0 relaunch?
3: Well, the one thing that isn't different is football. The football's always been good. It's always been something people want to see and enjoyed. It's the business side that really makes the difference in these things, Scott. And, and quite frankly, you know, this the, the, the sky is the limit with ownership right now between Danny Garcia, our chairwoman, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's a co-owner, and then Redbird Capital, Jerry Cardinal, uh, who basically is the, the the money behind the backing of this league. We're very strongly funded. Uh, we're already talking about outside of 2023, 2024, 2025. There's more long-term vision here with this league. Um, business people that really understand big picture outlook on what we're trying to accomplish and what they quite frankly want to accomplish. You know, Google Redbird, you know, Redbird Capital, they don't get involved in things to make a five to ten percent gain, yeah. they're getting into things because they believe in something and they see long-term uh, asset for them, and and they're really all in. The passion between all three of our owners is really incredible. You know, for Dwayne Johnson, obviously the the most popular of the backers. Uh, you know, when we had our first uh, open kickoff to the season, they spoke to all the players, the coaches, when we we're down here hubbing in Arlington right now. And uh, just, they just were ecstatic. They got a great TV deal with ESPN, um, and that's huge, too. You know how the, important those things are. So we're in a great place, a great space. We got some talented head coaches and some talented players. The league is strong. Ratings are strong. And that's what you need for long-term growth, and I think we have it.
0: I'll tell you what, if you had a, a cage match in, in owners across all leagues, I, li- I like your guys' chances. Uh, no question. So, oh what's <laughs> I mean, Gary Bettman, he might be sneaky good, but, uh, yeah, I think The Rock maybe have, have a little bit of an edge there. What's he like a, as an owner? Is it – I mean, is he involved in, like, the details? Is it – I mean, is he a text message away? Does he – you know, is it hands-off and allow you guys to do it? I mean, obviously, he is a face. He is part of what sells the league.
3: Yeah, first and foremost, yeah, that that's probably where it starts. But he's very passionate about, you know, this whole – venture because of the fact that he was a guy that his dream was to play in the NFL. He talks about him being the 54th guy, yeah. the guy that couldn't make the team. And he needed a league like this to really hone and develop his skills and didn't have it. And he knows a lot. he understands there's a lot of those players out there that are really looking for that opportunity and is a league of opportunity. That's where it is. Every, every single player in this league, uh, you know, we looked at 4,000, 5,000 players, Scott, that mm. wanted to be in this league And we willed it down and built something from scratch where each team has 51 players so uh this is a unique opportunity i think there's a you know the connection with the nfl and our partnership with technology officiating rules you see some really cool rules that we have as far as scoring uh keeping yourself in the game we haven't even gotten into the overtime excitement yet uh from the rules there so a lot of unique things even on special teams that I, I quite frankly I've saw the NFL put into their proposals several teams that they'd like to transition to as well so it's very interesting and I think it's a it's a landmark year for the for this league and uh, sky's the limit moving forward.
0: Well, and I think a lot of that stuff that you mentioned, you know, in terms of rules, there's an added flexibility in your league that that the NFL is certainly paying attention to when it comes to you know revitalizing the game, and you know, when you talk about onside kicks and things like that to really increase more viewer uh, participation later in these games. Um, so you know, you talk about the the opportunities that it affords these players and and the league as a whole, but for you, I mean, you played you you obviously had a very long career as a player uh you got into the analyst side of things and now as a head coach like what personally have you learned about yourself and as a coach uh this this last calendar year
3: yeah you know scott this is something really that i've been passionate about since i left the nfl um you know there were options and opportunities for me over the last decade to get involved in coaching uh family doing things differently uh, timing was different. I've always been a part of the coaching, did the AAF like you talked about. And that really kind of sparked me more being a tight end coach under Mike March, And Mike March really took me under his wing and told me, you know, there's more to what I could be doing. He's actually like, get out of media. You don't need to be there. You got too much knowledge. You got too much to bring to the table for players. And, uh, you know, when this opportunity came and, and Danny and Redbird and, and Dwayne uh, took this league over, I think August of 2020 um, from bankruptcy, and purchased it i said that day that i was going to be a head coach in this league not knowing anybody not having any connection wow. i was just driven to you know to be a part of it and i had a vision quite frankly that uh, i thought would be great for the league and i finally got in front of those people and i think the things that i've learned is just you know dealing with people day to day you know it's it's not just football offensive defense and, and special teams it's you know uh things happen day to day players coaches uh the the scheduling but also just leading men Uh, getting guys um, better every single day, you know, making sure that, you know, it's all about the player, but yet understanding that there's an accountability process. There's also, you know, a a standard that has to be raised and trying to build a culture really in 45, 50 days of training camp. That's probably the toughest thing, but we stayed on course. Like I said, I got a great staff. uh, And this team plays hard. They play physical. And uh, we got some really talented guys and uh, you know, no bad apples, man. Every one of my players, are dialed in. They got chips on their shoulders and they want the knowledge and they want the information. That's probably the biggest thing you see in this league is that guys come in and they want to know, how do I play for 12 years? How do I do what Leroy Glover did? How do I do what uh, Ricky Prohl did and Bruce Grykowski? They want those answers. And guys that have played at the highest level, sometimes it's, it's not easy for them to articulate and translate as a coach to a player that's looking for that information because you're so used to doing it at such a high level and the expectation levels are so high. We have a staff that understands like, Hey, we we've had, we played at this high level, but there's a, there's a a base ground where guys have to start and you can build that up. And, And if you can communicate and you can teach and guys trust you, you know, you'll learn a lot. So, you know, that's what we try to do as a staff and myself, and it's been very productive and again, we're three and two right now. We're in a great space. It was great to win my first game, to go one and zero in the first game of my head coaching career. But uh, we do have goals and visions here of winning an XFL championship, and we'll continue to do that. Starts uh, again this week. We play Vegas. Coach Rob Woodson, their, their team got their first win, so be interesting to see how that goes. And again, just another opportunity for us to get better.
0: Maybe more importantly, uh, are there direct flights from St. Louis to Ames? We know, we know Rocco's got spring going. There are.
3: Uh, yeah, well, not Ames, but Des Moines. So uh, it's not a bad drive, though, Scott. You you oh, can really? get down. He came down. Yeah, he drove down about four, about five hours. Oh, that's not bad at uh, all. To the game last week, so it wasn't bad. But uh, spring ball's starting up, so I won't see him too much uh, the next couple of weeks. But uh, it is 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 nice to get close and be close to my son. Uh that's you know a quick drive away. Well we're
0: we're rooting on the Battlehawks and the Cyclones as well. And uh we thank you for your time. Anthony, best of luck the rest of the way. Hopefully see you in the playoffs, man.
3: Thanks, Scott. Go Battlehawks.
0: Chris, I feel like we the Nod Pod should take a special remote trip. To uh, St. Louis, just so we could catch the vibe of the Battle Hawks in action in the Dome.
2: I love that atmosphere. I mean, those St. Louis fans are crazy about their XFL team. Have you also seen the D.C. Defenders home games? I have not. They're off the charts. The fan excitement. I think they're giving beer away because at every game, the D.C. Defenders fans build this beer snake that stretches through the stadium. It's incredible. There are more fans at that than there are for a Commanders game. Well, if concessions are
0: a little bit cheaper at some of these games, then hey, man. I mean, you're catching some names that's you know you know some of these guys on the roster. It's it's football and yeah. uh, and make the the experience a little bit more fan enjoyable. All right, let's bring in Brian King and uh, BK off the top of the show. You t- you teased it. We're, we're revving up the machine once again. Uh, we are in store for the. Um, what is it again? The randomizer. The random- three thousand. Yes. How could I forget the three thousand? The three thousand. Okay. We, so still in the same model. Yeah, we have an But We've yet. replaced the batteries. Yes. Okay. The so two thousand
2: was that was the one that was recalled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we kept had, the bad audio.
1: Yeah, it buzzer kept, thing. It kept yeah.
2: smoking and yeah. spitting at us.
1: But we got the deluxe model now. Okay. Right. Very so good. Set.
0: All right. So let's uh, let's let's get this thing warmed up. And uh, Chris, do you want to take? Questions. Yeah. Yeah. buzzer. We'll
2: stop it. You want to start? Let me. Get the wrist warmed up here. All right, ready to go. Okay, Let's go rolling. roll it, and we're gonna bang right there. Stop.
1: <laughs> what movie traumatized you the most as a child? <laughs> oh, this is easy. Uh, Stand by me. The wow. scene oh. where they cross Le-
2: the river, leeches. The leeches. Yeah. Because I often, as a, this will surprise you, as a child growing up in the woods of Alabama, often swam in a river, and often I would have to check down south after getting out of the water yeah. just to make sure is, is anything down we there? didn't have a blood sucker <laughs> what do you mean is anything down there
0: I, from a leech a, a leech fam- standpoint
2: come on that was a low
1: blow um anyways, the river
0: was cold so that it, that was a great movie i a similar scene kind of has always stuck with me it wasn't like traumatic so to speak but the vomiting scene oh yes like when they did the the shots of whatever that was right. and the raw egg and then <laughs> <laughs> and then he had chant, lard, bleep. Yeah, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, so that was, oh man, that was a good movie. That's one. a great movie, right? Traumatized me. I mean, I think to this day. Wait, do
2: you answer this? This is my question.
0: It's not going an to answer. Do oh, I? Okay, darn. I mean, uh, Jaws, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I still have an irrational fear of sharks. You know, I, I would love it if, uh, and, you know, I know animal lovers aren't going to love this, but if we could just rid the oceans of sharks <laughs> no it would make the, why? An, we
2: need them they're an apex why do we need sharks well, well the ecosystem needs them they're an apex predator they keep other things in line you take the sharks out you like know what you're going to have like no. like okay like listen surfers humans aren't supposed to be part of their ecosystem if you well, get rid of the sharks
0: so you know what you're going to have so you're saying humans don't belong in the ocean
2: Exactly. Oh, get out! We're not gonna have gills, or do you have fins? Uh,
0: anyway, oh. so yeah, And irrational fear of sharks. There's, I'm sure, there's many others. There was, I mean, a television show that traumatized me, and even to this day, if I hear the music, I I won't be able to sleep that night. And it has unsolved mysteries. Oh, that's a good one. I, my dad loved that show. I loved and it. And whenever I went to bed, I would hear him watching it, and. It,
2: like Robert, it, it was Robert, Robert Stack's Stack, voice, yeah. man.
0: It, that was just like nightmare fuel for me.
2: I love that's the That's one of the reasons I got into news and, and, and into covering news stories. You wanted is to because be Robert I, Stack. I, no, I, I wanted to traumatize you. No, I wanted to find, <laughs> you know, solve some mysteries. All right, here we go. My okay, turn. Let's, let's, let's
0: rev up the uh, randomizer once again. And it's spinning in. All right.
1: What is your most harrowing encounter with an insect or bug? Insect harrowing. That's, so, yeah. You know what that means.
0: <laughs> Please define it uh, where I uh, encountered a bug and I squished it. Is that is that the idea? One
1: that, kind of like the movie, kind of maybe gave you some bad memories. Oh, my goodness. Or a bad...
0: I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I don't like spiders. Uh, I feel like every time I go out to like our, we have like the
2: pool cage in the back. Yeah. We get these spider webs that like,
0: <laughs> you know, like I walk into
2: them and I feel like they crawl into my hair. And uh, like if anyone's watching you from a distance, they yeah. think this guy's losing <laughs> his is, mind. He's <laughs> flailing about. He, con-
0: he's convulsing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a spider web. Why
2: is his bathing suit so small?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 why, why are you looking over my fence? Yeah. <laughs> neighbor um i don't know i that's just not a great question for me i do have i have one with a rodent so uh, that's not an insect it's not i mean it's the closest thing i there was a you know back in high school we we set a trap for a rat caught it was still alive and i I was like okay i'm gonna go to school and then when, when i come back it'll be dead and i'll just throw it away and uh he was still alive man yeah. So I was like, I got to put him out of his misery. And uh, I took my bat, my baseball bat.
2: Okay, you know, you could stop right now.
0: Yeah, it didn't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say the curly this shuffle. Guy wants the to, the listen, curly Brian, shuffle ensued. This
2: guy wants to get rid of sharks. And he is. In a humane way. Confessing to. Can we just put a shark net? Oh like a my, shark net. Wow. We're going to have That's, to edit this pod a little before it gets out there. Uh, my harrowing insect bug experience. Is a leech a bug? No. Um. So I've found some ticks in bad places. Again, growing up in the woods of Alabama, I found nature boy. Yeah. And they're all attracted to my underwear region for some reason, but I found some ticks in bad places. Uh, I would have to say, um, I watched, this didn't happen to me personally, but, uh, my brother once accidentally swallowed a ladybug as he was consuming, (laughs) as he was consuming, uh, Cheetos or something Yeah, flew into his mouth. And, uh, he, he was, uh, not happy about that. He's convulsing.
0: Okay. Did you give him the Heimlich? Or, and what was the harrowing no. part of it?
2: Oh, just I was laughing at Damn, him, and okay. it was harrowing for him. It wasn't very harrowing oh, for me. All right. Had you dial tea. it up? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's find one where these we. These are hard. These are hard. Let's yeah. find one where we don't offend nature lovers. That's um. Funny.
1: What was your least favorite chore to do as a kid?
2: Oh, removing ticks from my brother. No. Uh, it's down there somewhere, Chris. <laughs> I feel it burrowing. If you wait a couple of days and you get full of blood, they're easier to find. I got to burn it out with this match. Of course. Of course. Hold tight, buddy. Oh, boy. Then you've got Lyme disease. you got all kinds of problems. Um, uh, least favorite chore. Okay. Um have to be picking some vegetable my parents were always growing these massive gardens that, to feed the community and and That's actually nice. um you know corn will really cut you up if you've been through the stalks corn shucker yeah the blades but um, we had a
0: very different childhood we, you and i We did <laughs> i'm a child <laughs> of the corn <laughs> i am um, um, i don't know man
2: you know i don't know I, I had a bunch of them though i could go through a whole list um Didn't really like many of them.
0: Yeah. Cleaning up dog poo for me. All right, here we go. (laughs) It's still my chore. All right.
1: Last one. All right, last one. And there. Stop. It is, what current trend right now would you want to see banned forever? A current trend. current trend? I got like four of them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you have some suggestions? Uh, TikTok. Let me just get rid of TikTok. I'm not a TikTok fan.
0: You know that Fox 13 has a TikTok page. I'm sure yeah. they got a lot of pages. <laughs> uh, I think you're hitting on, so, I mean, look, social media, I'm not a fan, not a fan of it. Um, I think that uh, it requires very a lot of effort. Uh, some people are, are wired for it, and in our industry, we're encouraged to do it, and I'm not naturally wired that way, um, and... Uh, and honestly, I think it just breeds uh, jealousy and envy over other people's lifestyles. And then we put on like this fake persona of how great my life is. And it, you know, is this not-
2: g- are you confessing? Is this a confession? <laughs> no, here? I
0: just think it just there's not a lot of great thing. It breeds hostility. Like, arguments so are, you know, you you miss the nuance, you miss the person that you're talking to, you kind of talk past one another when it comes to, like, uh, whether it's a political topics so or whatever it is. Right. Uh, putting up a shark net, you know, you miss some of the nuance. and uh, And so I think... That, that might be one of them. Do you have a thought?
2: Is that a trend? Is social media? I don't know. I think it's It may be here, here forever. Here to yeah. stay. Yes, uh, my trend I would like to see banned is people who start sentences with the word so. We've talked about this before. Have I done this? Uh, Did I, probably that? Every, so I think everyone does, But it, so should not be how you begin a sentence. So is a conjunctive adverb. It joins, it transitions from one thought to another. But now everyone's, oh, and by the way, there are a lot of smart people out there too. Smarter than me, but people have adopted uh, replacing me with I. Uh, Brian interviewed Scott and I on the podcast the other day. Take away the Scott from that sentence and how you say it. Brian interviewed... I on the no Brian interviewed yeah. me on the podcast so just to, I know I'm like a no, you know wow. old man shaking his fist yeah, at the clouds are. now but these are things I would like to hear us do better at. Can I uh, add gr- uh,
0: grammar police to the trends <laughs> I'd like to see eliminated? <laughs> All right. Let's get to our fr- our frosted four. The dr- 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 drum roll, please. All right. Are we going to reveal the results? I know that folks have been sitting through um, all of our lessons on what trends we want eliminated, but this is the one we want to see continue, and that is the cereal. Wow. Four. Frost- okay. So we have uh, CTC. Uh, strong, strong finish there uh, in the Sweet Eight to advance past the mini hay bales, Lucky Charms. No surprise there's the five seed, but I thought that was a tough draw because uh, Fruity Pebbles was one of the favorites, right? Uh, I think maybe the surprise of the tournament is our 11 seed making it to the Frosted Four. That's Honey incredible! Nut Honey yep.
2: Nut Cheerios defeated Cocoa Pebbles. I think it's. I think that's just no like defeated. Like, if it defeated uh, Captain, Captain Crunch, Crunch. right? Which you don't have a problem with. You're not a big cap and a, crunch, guy. Cap'n crunch guy. I'm not a cap and crunch guy. But I'm shocked Cap'n. by this. Honey nut cheerios. I think we
0: had some traditionalists getting into our our voting, and they That's wanted to see some of the some of the long time the, the more some General
2: Mills homers yeah, got in there. Yeah, that
0: may be it. And then, of course, the Frosted Flakes, um, I thought they had a really easy draw anyway because Raisin Bran, what are you doing there? Um, How did... Re-
2: yeah, there, that's the Farley Dickinson of yeah, the tournament was, was. Raisin Bran yeah. and Frosted still, Flakes just... Yeah, we still got a Xavier up there. Well, look at look at this Frosted Four, though, and especially that this matchup here, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Lucky it's Charms, unfair. that's yeah. like a one and two. That's it a is. clash of the titans. It is, yeah, well,
0: and, and an 11-7 sen- on the other side. So maybe this is just a reflection of the selection committee's poor seating. <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably could be it. So anyway, we encourage you to vote yet again and get us down to our, what, what did we determine our championship game's going to be called?
2: The Soggy Cereal Bowl. The no, Soggy the, Cereal Bowl? Something that like might, that. That this, might work. The right. Cereal Championship. I don't know. We okay. need to work on that. Either
0: way, your job is to get out there and to vote. Once again, fox13news.com slash nodpod, and their voting is there for the taking, and we have another week. I'll and, be wearing um, this for another so week. So, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. If CTC beats you next week, is this gone? Do we get to move on? I, I can't make any promises. Okay. At it, least throw in the it, wash, It's man. so tight now, it's I'm actually tell, stuck to my skin. I'm telling you. Okay. Ugh. Anyway. All right. To watch full-length episodes of this here podcast, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod, the QR code. Same place you can go to vote. Uh, we invite you to like and subscribe. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. And... Uh, and, and remember, yeah. make sure you follow us on social media yeah.
2: because we love it very much. Please, we need it. Well, Even though know, Scott hates social media. I me, For me personally. And sharks. For me personally. And that poor mouse that he bludgeoned. <laughs> uh, it was a rat. Dog. He, he never stood a chance. Okay. All right. Very good. Big
0: thanks to uh, our guest, Anthony Beck. Best of luck for him and uh, his battlehawks.
2: So, Chris. With that, I've got to go do the news. Kid,
0: Chris and I. I'm going to go check myself for tips Chris, now. Chris, for, for Chris and I, Chris and me, BK, our production crew here at Nod Pod Headquarters. Thank you for watching. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days. Beautiful.